This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita. Because your perfume is smelling sweet. Tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, well, immigration and the economy are big, huge issues and definitely issues dominating the presidential race. Again, as we are right around the corner from the New Hampshire primary. And just a little bit ago, I was just reading a letter here that Governor Kathy Hochul wrote to the White House and also to Chuck Schumer and also the Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, Mitch McConnell, Hakeem Jeffries, all of the leadership there in Congress and the President of the United States, urging them to try to reach a deal on the border. Now, there are parts of it. It's interesting. If you look at who signed this letter, it's all Democratic governors. Uh, you see the governor of Arizona, the governor of Colorado, Gavin Newsom of California, and again, also Kathy Hochul and J.B. Pritzker. Of course, he's the governor of Illinois uh, and a number of others, too, also as well. Phil Murphy, Wes Moore, uh, a couple others thrown in the batch there, Massachusetts as well. All these different ones that are dealing with the migrant crisis because every state is dealing with the migrant crisis. And it's interesting. Part of it is saying, hey, okay, we need to get more money so there could be more monitoring. There's some optimistic messages in there. And I thought that's refreshing. But then it gets down to this line that I had to laugh when I was reading the letter that she sent just a little bit ago. While the Biden administration has made important progress in managing immigration out the southwest border. Really? Is there anybody out there that thinks that the Biden administration has made important progress in managing immigration at our southern border? That's a joke. Uh, so give me a break. A lot of this is, oh, we have to live up to the democracy. That's America. So we have to find ways to take care of these people. We have to do things that are right by the situation. Also, cities busting at the seams. More money, more money, more money. I am happy at least she does bring up some of the monitoring, and that does need to happen. But it sure seems that this administration, I can't think of anybody who would say that they're doing a good job at the border. And just recently, a few hours ago, the Supreme Court ended up siding with the Biden administration over the issue of Texas. Remember, Texas put up that razor wire at the border because they said, you know what, the federal government's not doing their job. We're going to put up our razor wire to protect our borders, try to do something that we can to protect our borders. And what happens? Well, the Biden administration takes them to court and the Supreme Court just recently sided with the Biden administration saying that it's the federal government that has control of the borders, even if 
in this case, they're doing a really lousy job. But did you hear President Biden on Friday? He came out and he was asked, hey, do you think the border is secure? And he said, no, the border is not secure. My jaw dropped when he said that. I was like, are you kidding me? He's actually making that admission? That was a shocker because he has all along said, oh, the border is fine. It's not, you know, it's not wide open. What are you talking about? It's secure. But he finally admitted there is a problem. And you know darn well the only reason he's doing that is he sees the polls as all of we do. And when you look at the polls, like look at the exit polls from Iowa. The top issue was immigration and border. The next issue was economy. You look at New Hampshire with the primary again tomorrow. You look at the numbers. It's really neck and neck for economy and also for immigration border. People are deeply concerned. And that's why the Biden administration is even trying to react at all. I mean, it took him some epiphany. He took him all the like polls and millions and millions of images of people crossing the border illegally to finally say, well, maybe it's not a really good idea after all. I mean, this is all politics all the time with this president, as opposed to looking at what's really happening on the border. Also, by the way, tonight, uh, lots of interesting stuff coming in the Fannie Willis case, some of the bank records coming out because some of the divorce Filings are becoming public. Uh, this is the prosecutor who allegedly had that affair with Fannie Willis. Well, now uh, the ex-wife never, never get an ex-wife angry. All right. Uh, or a wife, especially if she feels that you're cheating on her. And so the judge unsealed some of the divorce proceedings against the special prosecutor, Nathan Wade. And boy, it looks pretty damning. Like uh, there's this cruise that he goes on and apparently Fannie Willis is with him. Taxpayer money, you could contend. Uh, then he also goes on another vacation. They take flights. They do this. They do that. Uh, I guess the only place you could talk about the prosecution of the case is on a Royal Caribbean cruise in the Caribbean. So uh, it's getting pretty ugly and pretty interesting. And Norm Eisen, who was the prosecutor in the impeachment case against President Trump in the first one, the Democrat, staunch Democrat, uh, very much believed in the impeachment of President Trump. He came out even and said, this just looks so bad. And both of these people, he thinks, should recuse themselves for the good of the case, he says, because he believes the case has merits, which I contend is a big question, of course. Uh, but he still says they should recuse themselves. There is so much pressure because it just looks so bad. And boy, uh, when this hearing takes place in February, uh, there could be a whole bunch of interesting information that comes out uh, that could be epiphany to a lot of people tied to this case. If Fannie Willis did indeed have some relationship with this guy, if they use taxpayer money, uh, all of this just stinks. Also tonight, Mayor Eric Adams in New York is fighting tooth and nail over these two city council bills. Uh, you probably heard about them. It is stunning. At a time like this, where people are so worried about crime, there have been so many random attacks, including on the subways. There's been these random slashings and a whole bunch of other things that we have talked about here on the show. And a lot of really interesting, just horrible cases that have happened Well, Mayor Eric Adams, to his credit, and granted, uh, there's a lot of issues that he's done with the migrant crisis you could take exception on. But remember, he is a former retired captain, of course, of the NYPD, longtime NYPD member. And there's this new bill that would bog down 
police officers. So when they do stops, even if they're mundane stops, they have to fill out a report. Well, does that make any sense at a time right now where we could use more officers on the streets, where we could use more help on the streets? It doesn't make any sense to me. And so Mayor Eric Adams vetoed what the city council sent, the votes. The problem is it looks like they have enough to override the veto. These loony lefties, as I call them, in the New York City Council, uh, who seem to think it's okay to have repeat offenders back out on the streets, and they even contended, they said, you know what, part of the reason we want to have police do more reports is there have been a lot more civilian complaints against officers, and we have to make it fair to the criminals, essentially. Uh, what about fair to the officers? What about fair to the community? Is that the right thing to do to be bogging down police officers? I don't think so. And so this year, crime, law and order, immigration, economy, all of those things are on the ballot. Here is Mayor Eric Adams saying what he wants city council members do now. He wants them to go on a ride along with officers so we can see how tough They can see firsthand how difficult it is to be a cop these days. Take a listen. We want them to ride with a police officer, go listen to these calls and these jobs that are coming over the radio, see what it is to respond to these jobs. And earlier today, we were talking with Chief Shell, who is chief of patrol of the NYPD. And he was saying that even the other day, there were a lot of people blocking the highways, all of these protesters. They were doing all these things. What are you going to have to do, a do or report about every single one of them? Uh, I mean, that that's voluminous. You're going to have to hire more cops. And this is a time where they're not looking to hire more cops. They're lucky if they can keep it status quo. So listen to what the NYPD commissioner, Eddie Caban, says about these bills. The demands of this bill on our offices on our taxpayers, and on our ability to keep our city safe are truly staggering. So why are the city council members so intent on making sure that law enforcement have more reports to do? Does that make any sense to you at all? It doesn't to me. And to me, you want to vote as you're going to the voting booth. Think of who is going to keep you safe who is going to stand up to some of this radical behavior that we're seeing, not just in New York, but across the country tonight with some of these folks say, okay, you know, uh, we've got to have police do more of this. We've got to have them do more of that. Don't worry if crime is on the rise. Don't worry if there's an intense fear of crime. Let's try to make it more difficult to be a cop. Uh, It is no wonder that cops are fleeing New York City for other places at a record pace. And that is sad because we need them now more than ever. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. We're talking about this and the presidential race and so much more. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Uh, let's go to Mike on the Lower East Side, line one. Go ahead, Mike. How are you, Rita? Yeah, I think if Michelle runs either for president or vice uh, or Brian's vice, you're going to need some heavy artillery like uh, Dr. Martin Luther King's niece. She's a wonderful, illuminating Christian woman that speaks from the heart. She's, she, she loves Trump. Okay, Trump gets along with her, and she, she's, she's just genuine. She's not a politician. 
and she, and, and she's she's she 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 fights just like uh, Dr. Martin Luther King for for people's rights. She's colorblind. She doesn't see white or black. She's a Christian woman. She's going to put the prayers back in the school. She's going to she's going to do a lot for the country, you know. And she's a winning ticket. I like her, by the way, Mike. I know exactly who you mean, Alveda King. She is terrific. Um, and you're referring yeah. to that. There's rumors that um, that maybe Michelle Obama might. Uh, take over for Biden. By the way, Mike, what did you make in the last hour? Uh, somebody said that uh, maybe John Fetterman is being sort of uh, groomed uh, to yeah, take yeah, over that because they can control him. What do you what do you make of that one? That's a that's a fake. In other words, they're putting him on so that they don't put a person like Alveda King or, or some somebody else because they're all great. I like Alveda King. I, she, she's She's indestructible. She's, she speaks from the heart. She's a Christian woman. She's got the Holy Spirit in her. You ain't going to cut her down. Yeah, and she'll do it in a loving way like you. But uh, Joe Fetterman, he's only a, they're throwing a, they're, they're pretending to throw the ball to him but so that we don't put a person like Alveda King in so we could put somebody else in. And then, then they hit us with uh, Michelle Obama, and it's game over. Yeah, that's that's an interesting theory, Mike. Thanks so much. Let's go to Jerry real quick. Line five, Jerry, your thoughts? Yeah, I think Michelle Obama will only run if Trump is convicted and she has an easy in. Then she'll be taken right in and drafted, and that will remove Biden's fingerprints and the whole focus on well, did Biden put Trump in jail and all of these sort of things. Michelle will come along and say, "I'm going to." settle this and, you know, bring everyone together and let's get off the focus of Biden, who put who in jail and who's not a criminal and all those sort of things. Now, I think Michelle will not run if there's no conviction and the trials don't even pan out before the election. I think she'll sit it out until 2028 or 2032. She doesn't want to go head to head with a strong Trump. She now, but but Jerry, you could make the case that even a convicted Trump, even though there's some polls out there that say if there's a conviction and I contend it's pretty easy to get a conviction when you have 91 counts against you. Um, but in the case of Michelle, I don't know. I, I, I think she might be interested regardless. I mean, it's an opportunity to become the first female president if she thinks she can win. And I think if Trump gets convicted, um, I mean, they might convict him for something like breaking the gag order or do it. I mean, there was a million reasons why they could try to throw him in jail, technically. Um, and and some of these charges are so bogus. They're probably so easy that he could get a conviction on. Um, he might get stronger because it just looks like it might look like a pylon like we've seen. It seems like every time he gets arrested, he goes up and up and up. So I'm not convinced it's going to hurt him. I'm not convinced that some of these polls that say it would hurt him are correct. I Some part of me thinks... Uh, that's kind of bogus because there, it's such a pylon. It, it's such an obvious pylon. And I think, uh, he would be a, for, he's going to be formidable regardless. But I do think Michelle Obama, uh, makes it certainly a lot tougher for the Republicans. She is well known. She's well liked. Uh, she definitely knows how to galvanize a crowd. She's considered sort of a superstar in the Democratic Party. African American women, that's a key group, uh, to bring in also for voting. But um, there may be a strategy to it. I do think she is waiting it out because she doesn't need to, like, get in now. She can sort of go. They can maybe do it even after the convention and then have, like, a surprising figure like a her step in. Uh, I think she'll see where the race is at then, what's up with Trump, what's up with Biden. 
Uh, there's a lot of factors, uh, and I think she's going to weigh it all, and I don't think she's rushing into it, but I don't think she, I think she's looking at it. Uh, she's kind of playing a little coy, and she's been speaking lately, and if somebody said, hey, we'll tee you up uh, to be the first female president, literally in American history, and we'll make it easy for you, all, you, don't even, you only have to campaign for a month or two, eh, she might say, what the heck? 1-800-848-9222. We'll continue your calls, everybody, after the break. This is The Rita Cosby Show. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Listening to the Rita Cosby Show, we are talking about how law and order is a huge issue this year. Also, protecting our borders, illegal immigration, and so much more. Let's go to Peter in Brooklyn, line one. Peter, your thoughts. Good night, Miss Rita. How are you doing? I'm good. How you doing? I'm so excited to have to, to talk to you. Yes. You too. You oh, too. What do you yes. think, Peter? I understand you want to talk about the city council bills. Oh, yes. I'm with the city council because I take the train every day. Uh, on Broadway Junction, 10 cops standing there talking up while I'm waiting the train for 15 minutes. And people are pushing each other, shoving each other. Nobody does anything. I went to Manhattan the other day. At the train station number four, three cops texting while they're playing game. And when they see me looking at them, they look at me and say, they don't pay mine. Wait, so now let, hang on one second, Peter. Let me ask you. Are. Peter, did you say yes. you're a member of city council? Uh, me? Yes. I'm on their side. You're yes. on their side. Because yes, what, yes. you feel that cops are sitting around? I can tell you, Peter, uh, yes. what you're seeing, I believe, is a rarity. Um you know, I'm sure that they are doing texting or messages, but also often they're sending message to each other uh, work-wise. They might be sending something else. I, I don't think you want to bog cops down. I think we need more cops. Rita Cosby is on.
Well, we are right on the cusp of what could be the most pivotal moment in the nomination process for the Republican side for president this year. The New Hampshire primary is literally just a few moments away. Uh, Dixville Notch is the first county that votes. It's anywhere from four to six people in that county, four or six. We've heard different numbers. Uh, they're the ones who cast the votes. Then the rest of the polls open at 7 a.m. And then they close at 7 p.m. Eastern time. So by tomorrow night, uh, we shall see. Uh, as soon as the results come in, of course, we will have them here on the Rita Cosby Show. And this is certainly going to be one for the record books. And if it looks like... President Trump delivers, as we have seen in some of the latest polls. Uh, this could be a historic moment, winning Iowa, then moving on if he wins New Hampshire. And then who knows what happens with Nikki Haley. Do you see a kumbaya? Uh, do you see any way she could pull it out? She is putting a lot of money in there, and you don't know when you have this big group of undeclared. That's the big, big question tonight. Well, Trump is also coming out swinging, already sounding like he is an incumbent and he is the nominee. Uh, He's already saying it is time to bring in someone like him who will support police, who will protect our borders and who will do so much more. Listen to President Trump in New Hampshire over the weekend. So if you want to save America, then this Tuesday, January 23rd, you must vote for a man named Trump. Did you ever hear of him? And he also said that President Biden uh, now takes the cake well beyond the disaster that was President Jimmy Carter. If you took the 10 worst presidents in the history of the United States and added them up, they would not have done near the destruction to our country as Joe Biden and the Biden administration has done. If you look at what they've done on our border, what they've done to our military, what they've done to everything, look at interest rates. We used to have the lowest interest rates ever. Now we have the highest. Nobody can buy houses. What they've done to this country is incredible, and especially having to do with crime and other such things. The border is one of the great catastrophes, I think, in the world. The border is one of the greatest catastrophes that have ever happened and embarrassments. And. Trump press secretary Caroline Levitt said this about Nikki Haley, uh, who is claiming that she could have a great race tomorrow night. Well, first of all, Nikki Haley does not have a chance at becoming the nominee either. Uh, it's welcome news that Governor DeSantis dropped out of this race. He did the right thing by endorsing President Trump. And as you mentioned, we have Doug Burgum and Tim Scott and Vivek Ramaswamy joining the president in Laconia, New Hampshire tonight, a great place to show that the Republican Party is unified around Donald Trump. The majority, vast majority of Republican voters want to see him reelected back to the White House. And tomorrow will send another suffering blow to Nikki Haley's campaign. 
campaign. Republican voters here in New Hampshire are realizing that Nikki Haley is more of a liberal than she is a conservative. She was opposed to President Trump's border wall in 2016. She supports amnesty for illegal immigrants. She also supports implementing a 23% national federal sales tax. Uh, for the people here of New Hampshire, that's unfathomable considering we don't have a state sales tax at all. Hmm. Uh, Nikki Haley is also backed by Democrat donors. Her campaign is targeting Democrat voters. Tomorrow, she doesn't have a chance, and hopefully she, too, will unify so we can take this fight to Joe Biden. And speaking of Joe Biden, even Democrats are saying Joe Biden has a major, major enthusiasm gap, especially when they see some of these images of late. I mean, if you look at some of the rallies that took place, even the ones this weekend for President Trump, they were packed. They were packed. And then you see like four people in a parking lot coming out for President Biden. It's pretty obvious. And listen to Congressman Dan Kildee of Michigan. How concerned are you that the president is struggling in your state? Yeah, we've got work to do. There's no question about it. Former President Trump's supporters are rabid. They're religious about their support for him. A lot of the challenges we're having right now is just bringing Democrats home, getting, getting that enthusiasm up again. Uh, I'd say uh, that is definitely an understatement. Uh, a lot of problems is having them find their home. Uh, Biden can't even find the car keys, let alone Democrats finding their home with Joe Biden. He is so all over the place. And also these protests taking place, these anti-Israeli protests. There are so many issues, even within the Democratic Party. It is so divided and there just isn't the enthusiasm. Even Democrats are seeing it. They're seeing him plunge when it comes to enthusiasm, when it comes to approval. And it's not just Republicans saying it now. But they are also, if they can villainize Trump or villainize whoever is going to be on that GOP side, uh, they still think that they have a chance. 1-800-848-9222. one 848 Let's go to Charlie. Line two. Charlie, your thoughts about all this? Thank you very much for taking my call, Reba. One thing I wanted to comment on, say, about the presidential election and the primary process specifically, which I haven't heard anybody talk about, which I haven't heard anybody on any of the radio stations or with any of the radio hosts mention, and it's very important, is in the Republican primary system, there are 17 states in which the primaries are winner-take-all. That means if Donald Trump or vice versa, Nikki Haley, if they win by even one vote, the entire state's delegates have to go to that person. Now, the Democrat primaries, they don't do it that way. They apportion their delegates on a percentage of what the candidate's votes are. If a candidate got 25% of the votes in the state, then they get 25% of the delegates. But here in the Republican primary, there are 17 states which are winner-take-all. So if President Trump, and most likely he would win all 17 of those states, he would get all the delegates. And it's just not mathematically possible for Nikki Haley to win. So I think this is a fool's errand. And she's just being pumped up by the donor class, the billionaires like Jamie Dimon and others. And and I, I just think it's very divisive and harmful. And I don't think she has anything original or new to offer. And, and we know what Trump is, can do because he's already done it for four years. We, we can look at Trump's record 
and see what he has accomplished, whereas Nikki Haley uh, and the rest of the candidates, they haven't accomplished anything because they haven't been president yet. They haven't done it. And that's what I wanted to say. And regarding John Fetterman, I think he's still suffering from a stroke. And I think it's his wife that's giving him these ideas. It's his wife that's encouraging him to wear the Israeli flag to say the positive comments he's saying about the border because his wife is very ambitious and we know that she covets that senate seat he has more than even he does and and that's not being mentioned a lot in the mainstream media as well now, i was wondering what your thoughts are on all of these matters yeah you know what well first of all on the last one you're right she seems to be very ambitious and pushing him uh, and like you said, there's been rumors that she would kind of take the seat. So she'd love for him to advance somewhere else so she could sort of slide in there. Um, and you're right. I can totally see her pushing him behind the scenes. That that seems appropriate. Or maybe, you know, the other thing I wonder, too, Charlie, sometimes, you know, when people have health issues or things, there's sort of no filter. It's almost like when Joe Biden snaps, you know, and they say, you know, what do you think? And he says what he really thinks. And then the White House kind of scurries and goes, oh, God, how do we fix this? Um, I almost feel like maybe that's what's going on with Fetterman. Maybe he is speaking the truth, the truth that all the Democrats also know is the truth, uh, that we need to be stronger in supporting Israel and also uh, that the border's a mess. But the others have a filter and they know that they can't say it for political reasons where maybe he's got like the synapses going on in his brain that he just has no filter. And he's just speaking what is an obvious thing to all of us uh, and not thinking of the political ramifications within his own party. Um, so there, there's that. Now, your point about um, the different primaries, you're right. I think the math is extremely hard for Nikki Haley. I just think that she is hoping that maybe there's some sort of fumble with Trump. Um, maybe, you know, at this point, she's come this far. She's going to see where it goes. Um, I think, you know, her problem's going to be if she doesn't do great tomorrow night, the next one is New Ham- is Nevada, but then the next really biggie is South Carolina. That's her home state. Um, so I think, you know, from just even a perception standpoint, if she gets clobbered in her own state, it looks really bad. She obviously has quite a bit of money. That's the difference. Um, we know that some of them are not willing to put money in if she doesn't do super well tomorrow night. There's a lot on the line. Uh, who is it? Uh, the head of Home Depot, Ken Langone, came out, um, one of the founders, and he came out and said, I'm not going to kind of keep putting money in a rat hole. Uh, if, if there's no big uh, return, I'm not just, it's not like an endless sieve. So at some point, even the big money people are going to go enough. But I think she's going to try to ride it out a little bit. Maybe something might turn in South Carolina. But I think if she does really poorly tomorrow night, she knows that South Carolina is going to be bad. Maybe she has enough to stay until Super Tuesday. Uh, a part of me thinks that she will try to stay until Super Tuesday. I think just to sort of ride it out and see where some of these cases go with Trump, too, just to find something, some sort of Hail Mary. And at this point, because she has some of the financial backing by a lot of these never Trumpers uh, and Democrats uh, who are never Trumpers, too, uh, she has at least the wherewithal to go in, even if she sees the same math with especially some of these winner-take-all states, as you're talking about, which you're right, uh, just really stack well for President Trump. But in her case, maybe just getting out there, getting her name bigger, maybe maybe at some point, who knows, even though they hate each other, it seems right now, 
look, Ron DeSantis and Trump are good friends today, and they sure didn't seem like that a few days ago. Now that DeSantis is out of the race, who knows what happens with Nikki Haley? There's some people who are pushing to have her as the VP. I don't see that just because there's such bad blood right now uh, with he and her unless – and I think kind of the, quote, establishment class, I'm not sure if that's necessarily – what Trump should do in getting a VP. What are your thoughts about that, Charlie? Do you think there's ever a chance for her and Trump to come together like we just saw what oh, happened with DeSantis? Not. Absolutely not. I think she's burned. She's not only burned that bridge, she's incinerated that bridge. I don't think there's a chance at all. But one thing I do think is, though, is when Biden snaps and loses his temper, he reminds me a lot of Alec Baldwin, the actor, when he snaps and loses his temper. They seem very similar when they lose his temper. And, and President Biden, I haven't heard anybody say this, but he reminds me of a prison guard when he loses his temper because many of my former coworkers, obviously all my former coworkers were prison guards and retired now. But some of them, when they just snap and lose their temper, it's it's very unattractive. It's very off-putting. And I was wondering how you as a woman, uh, Rita, how you feel when you see that uh, ugly display of temper. You're talking about Biden when he kind of gets like very kind of like derogatory, right? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. I agree. It's a very nasty nasty side. You're right. It's kind of like a very strident, nasty side. And I agree. I don't think it's appealing. And I, I think he's lost so much of this like humble Joe. Remember, remember, Charlie. And by the way, thank you. I know you mentioned that um, you worked um, in prisons and, and had other folks. Bravo to all the hard work that all the prison guards, all those in the correction department do. It is such important work. And I have such respect for you guys dealing with uh, so many folks who seem to be coming in and out of the system all the time. And you guys are amazing what you do. So thank you. But I agree with you. There's, it's a turnoff because he ran as this nice, humble, sweet Joe Biden, the Mr. Unifier. And he has really burst that, not just with these angry quips that you see, like, and I see all of a sudden it's like, he's like, rah, 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 he bites at, you know, the reporter or somebody makes a comment and you see this angry Joe Biden. But I also think about some of these speeches that he's done where he has prepared and he goes out there and say, it's a threat to democracy and screams into the microphone. And when he does that, that's so unappealing for a guy who ran as the guy who's going to bring the country together. That doesn't look like a guy who's going to bring the country together. That looks like a guy transparently who is very angry. And I bet you behind closed doors, even more than we see publicly, Charlie. Thank you, Charlie, again, for your great service. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. And now let's go as we are talking about those of service. Let's go to our great support our heroes segment. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And everybody, this is the Tunnel to Towers Foundation Support Our Heroes segment. And a very sad story coming today as the 10-day search to rescue the two Navy SEALs lost in the Red Sea during a mission to board a ship and confiscate Iranian-made weapons. Well, the search has ended and the sailors are now considered deceased. In a statement from U.S. Central Command, it said that the search has now been changed to a recovery effort. Ships and aircraft from the U.S., Japan and Spain continuously searched for more than 10 days, more than 21,000 square miles. And a statement came out from the head of CENTCOM just a little bit ago, quote, we mourn the loss of our two naval special warfare 
warriors. We will forever honor their sacrifice and example. Also saying our prayers are with the SEALs' families, friends, the U.S. Navy, and the entire special operations community during this time. The January 11th raid that the SEALs were involved with targeted an unflagged ship carrying illicit Iranian-made weapons to the Houthi rebels in Yemen. Officials say that as the team was boarding the ship, one of the SEALs went under in the heavy seas and a teammate went in to try to save him. Both of them have not been seen since. And of course, boy, uh, how heartbreaking. I was so sad to hear this news, as I know all of you are, because we all love our military. And it just shows how risky these assignments are every day. We so appreciate the special operations community, and our thoughts and prayers are with all of you tonight. And everybody, help America to never, ever forget. All you have to do is donate $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation. Simply go to t2t.org, t2t.org. You're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's the Rita Cosby Show. And by the way, tonight, uh, the mystery is solved. Remember James Carville last week said the red dots on President Trump's hand were the clap were like syphilis? It was the most crazy comment. Of course, James Carville, the Democratic strategist, Well, now someone close to the president is apparently saying it was a paper cut and there was a little bit of blood because the next day his hand was fine. You know, when you get a paper cut, it bleeds a little bit. I mean, it was the most ridiculous comment. Uh, But now there is a statement saying that it was just a paper cut, James Carville. It was not the clap. Uh, boy, did the Democrats look for anything. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Eddie, line two. Uh, Eddie, I understand you want to talk about Joe Biden and his anger issues. I want to say I missed my Polish-Danish cousin. <laughs> oh, thank you, my friend. You too, my friend. You too. Now, what do you yeah. think? By the way, uh, Joe Biden is clearly not from Scandinavia or Poland because he would have a much better temperament, don't you think? <laughs> Uh, I, I think he's a child of uh, from hell. I don't know who he is. But, um, uh, I, I've um, dealt with a lot of dementia patients in my medical career, Rita, and at a point where they have trouble expressing themselves, they they get very angry um, in their voice and in their physical actions. Um, and I think if Joe's off the teleprompter, he's lost. Yeah, I do, too. And he's like sort of searching for words. And he's like, and also, it's like, how dare you ask that question? It makes me think, boy, he must be uh, must be a real mess at home if he can't control his temper publicly with the whole world watching. Uh, That is trouble, trouble, trouble. Everybody, we will have the big results from the New Hampshire primary tomorrow night here on the show.